Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hey gang, Kevin Goatee, Gutting the Sacred Cow. Thanks again for joining us for uh, another episode. And boy, I've got a fun one in store for you. Well, Kevin and Israel and I have a fun one in store for you. Sean O'Connell from Cinema Blend comes on to talk about one of your nerds' favorite books and favorite films, Lord of the Rings, The Fellowship of the Ring. Before we get to it, two quick things. Don't forget, Gutting the Sacred Cow every single day with brand new blogs and content pieces, movie news, sequels we wanted or did not want, and of course, my favorite, the hashtag list of 10. Secondly, we now have a new email address, guttingthesacredcow at gmail.com. If you're looking to advertise, hit us there. Sponsorships, guttingthesacredcow at gmail. You heard it. That's right. Hop to it. And now, without any further ado, Sean O'Connell from Cinema Blend taking on Lord of the Rings, Fellowship of the Ring. Gather around, here's what I know. Very good, but Brick not hit back. Hey everybody, Kevin Goatee here, Gutting the Sacred Cow. We are here for yet another episode. And of course, my trusty co-host Kevin Israel is also with us. Kevin Israel, how the hell are you, sir? We're doing these quotes now, huh? That's the thing. I try. Yeah, I, I want to do something new here. I'm going to mix we're, it up. We're done with that. You like it? No, no. I, now I'm just going to be sitting trying. I know I should know that quote. Oh, you should... <laughs> Set fire to your beard and your face for not knowing that one. Well, if I set fire to my beard, it's going to end up setting fire to my face. So that's a given. Um, what movie was that? It was a training. It was a training like scene. Not and really. Not really. Kind of, sort of, but not really. The answer is no. But it's a kind of, sort of. What was it? What movie was it? Bloodsport. 
Oh, okay. All right. I have, I, you know what? I don't feel as bad because I haven't seen that movie in probably 20 years. That movie is easily one of my top 25 remote movies. And Sean O'Connell is, by the way, is our guest. Sean, the remote test for, and this is something, God damn it, it's patent pending. The remote test is something where you're flicking around on cable. You see a film that you like, and no matter where you are in the film, you drop right. the remote and go, yep, you got me for the next 35 uh, hour and a half, two hours left, whatever it is of this film. Bloodsport every day, all day. That's what I say. I can't remember the last time, though, I saw Bloodsport on TV. I, it's just, I, I probably see it like every three months. It's, it's really? On, I don't... It's on and I catch it go, yep. <laughs> <laughs> by, the way, by the way, Street Fighter, the video game, blatant ripping off several of those characters. As, oh, clearly. Yeah. As Big Trouble in Little China ripping off, uh, sorry, Mortal Kombat ripping off Raiden with Big Trouble in oh, Little China. 100%. Oh, yeah. Hundred percent. Sean O'Connell is our guest today, everybody. Sean, do us a favor. Hi. Tell us about. Hi, how are you? Thanks for coming on. Good. Thanks for having me. Tell, tell us a little bit about Cineblend and what you do. What you guys do over there? We are um, entertainment website that's dealing with the fact that there's no entertainment nowadays. <laughs> <laughs> that movie theaters are closed. Um, we write about you know movies, television. Uh, Pop culture to a certain extent, streaming. Uh, we're heavy into streaming right now, as everybody's sort of checking out um, HBO Max and 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 all these new adventures. Um, so that's been keeping us really busy. Uh, but we've been we've been a site for since the early 1990s. So we've covered the film industry as as all these wild things have have happened. So uh, yeah, I, I've been there for almost 10 years now at this point. That's amazing, man! Congratulations. Uh, it's it's unfortunate that uh, the film industry isn't doing well because stand up comedy industry is booming right now. Oh, I'm sure, <laughs> it's I'm crushing, rolling in, in opportunities and money. <laughs> I hear clubs are opening up now, though, like at reduced capacity or not? Not in New York, they're not. No nothing, kidding, really. Nothing significant yet, and it's going to okay. be a the reduced capacity thing isn't going to work in comedy because the social distancing thing. Comedy is a Comedy is very much about being near the people and the energy and the laughter that is infectious. And, right, right. You know, the worst thing a comic can do is walk into a room, see the stage, and then see there's 15 feet between the stage and the first table. Right. Because you know that you're just losing all of that energy. So in a room that's supposed to seat 100 and they're only seating 50, it's just not going to work. Add it with a bright light in your face like, hey, is that you in a white sweater back there? I can't right. quite tell. <laughs> Oh, God, yeah, it's going to be a rough go. So, Cinnablin, guys, give that a check. Give that a look. It's fun stuff over there. Please do. Thank you. You're welcome. Sean O'Connell has decided to – he chose a film that hit not one, not two, but three of all of our main criteria for the film, financial success, widely acclaimed – widely beloved, excuse me, and critically acclaimed. And that is the first – Lord of the Rings, The Fellowship of the Ring. Now, Kevin Israel, you know Wait, I love the place. Before you say anything, I have to tell, I have to give a big fuck you to Kevin. <laughs> I know the story. So I, 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 I'm, I mean, I'll lead off just by saying I'm a, I'm a big Lord of the Rings fan. Awesome. And, and, uh, <laughs> and I, I haven't watched the movie in a while, so I was like, all right, I, got, I need to you know, bone up on it. So I, I, wa- I watched it last night into today because it's such a long movie. Oh, and as I started it today, I was texting with Kevin and I was like, we did, because he just said Lord of the Rings. Okay. He didn't say like fellowship. And I was like, we are doing the first Lord of the Rings, right? And he's like, oh man, no, the second <laughs> one. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, oh motherfucker. Well then I'm just going to read the wiki page because I'm not watching this. And then he was like, ah, and I was like, ah, fuck you. <laughs> And you're a fan, but yeah. you didn't even want to dive into the second. And people well, say the second one's a lot of time. It's a no, lot of- the oh. second one's the worst of the three. Oh, I like. I, I, I prefer. I can't tell like, them apart. I prefer. I prefer Return of the King is my favorite. I will okay. say that. 
That, and that was one it, of the films that rightly deserved the uh, best picture that year as well. Yeah, but that one won that won the Oscar just because of all three of them essentially. Fair. Like, they were oh, after each every year, each one every, each time they didn't get they didn't win. People were like, "Well, what the what do we have to do? Right, right. What right. more do you want me to do for you? <laughs> like, like, they I got, can't give they, you anything more possibly." Right. Peter, Peter Jackson felt like Susan Lucci for all those years. <laughs> <laughs> That's a deep cut for all you kids below the age of under the age of thirty. Why don't you go give that a googs before? We start into it. Kevin Israel, it's time to guess our game. IMDb, the old one to 10. What did Lord of the Rings, Fellowship of the Rings score on IMDb? Had to be a 9-1. Nine, 8-8. Nine, eight, eight. Close. All right. I was going to say 8-9, and then I was like, I'm going to bump it up a little. Rotten Tomatoes. Critics score. Give it to me. Oh. Critics, uh, <laughs> this was, this was, this was a, a pretty beloved movie i'm gonna have to i'm gonna say a 93 91 very close very close audience score give it to me 96 very close 95 all right all right so it's a critics and already audience darling now 2001 this puppy came out with a budget of 93 million dollars bringing in a haul of $313 million translated into 2020 money, $134.6 million budget, $453.1 million haul. It's not too shabby. That's almost fuck me money. Not fu- It's still fuck you money. It's not, not, fuck it's not me Marvel money. money. No, it's, it's not. No, 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 no. Quotes. Why don't you give me some quotes, Kevin Israel? What jumped out at you? Uh, well, first of all, the, the one that I think everybody has said at some point or other, you shall not pass. First on my list. <laughs> and then uh, and then one that I, I, I think, I don't know if other people pick up on it, but I've said it so many times when people are like, when we're talking, when people are in groups talking about like things, like we're assigning duties to things, especially at work. If we're like, oh, like, oh, I can do this. I can do that. And I'll just be like, and my axe. <laughs> that's good <laughs> uh, anymore sorry no those are those those are the two those are the two that i always really really i mean my my precious obviously is the hack fucking um, response, yeah, knee-jerk response which, right or the how many comics have done that impression on stage to, to and it's just like ah go fuck yourself they're talking Ew. about this i i thought they were talking about the uh the morbidly obese african-american woman who won the uh, best picture back in 2000 <laughs> Sean, any quotes from uh, Lord of the Rings Fellowship that jumped out at you? I mean, isn't there? I, I think it's in this movie. Um, one does not simply walk into Mordor. Is that, is that from Fellowship? To death. Yep. That, yeah. The problem with Fellowship yeah. is it feels like it's part one of like nine movies. So you, if you tell me a scene from a particular one, I have a hard time determining which one. It's from. You're not wrong. You're yeah. not wrong. So. Not, a problem, not a problem with that one. I have three. I have one ring to rule them all. Yeah, yeah sure. Shortcuts make long delays. That feels like something you'd see in a fortune cookie, but nonetheless stuck out. <laughs> and right when Gandalf's about to drop, run, you fools. No, no. Fly, you fools. Fly. Fly, you fools. <laughs> That's it. Sorry. I'm looking at something else. And there's a Fly, significance to that. Yeah. There's a whole fan theory behind that. Oh, wait, because isn't like the, the hawks could have carried them away or some such yeah. nonsense? Or owls? Are they owls? Or what are they? If they could have just taken those eagles into Mordor, why did they do that from the beginning? <laughs> right, right. Supposedly, that's what Gandalf was telegraphing to them. You they have to... one movie instead of three. You could have had a thirty-minute movie. <laughs> well, I could. Well, exactly. I'll get to the thirty-minute uh, uh, theory in one moment. But before we get to that, it's now time for five fun 
facts. Five fun facts. Whoa, five fun facts. 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 When Pippin asks if he could have second breakfast and gets an apple thrown at his head, it took 16 takes to get that right. And the I forgot the guy's name who plays Pippin. Who cares? He believes Vigo Mortensen enjoyed each and every throw. It's not the guy from Lost. That's the no. only way I can tell those two apart. Yeah, Dominic. One is Lost yeah. guy. Yeah. And the other Another one is not Lost guy. guy. So again. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Number two, Orlando Bloom got the role two days before he finished drama school, as well as got the role of father after he finished inside of Katy Perry recently. You know, I thought that joke would be met with a little bit. Orlando (laughs) Bloom's a very pretty man. Yes. The original cut. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Those titties, my God. The original cut, want to take a stab and guess on how long the original cut of this puppy was? 12 days. <laughs> I'm going to say four. Four and a half, which is almost as half as long as Gone with the Wind. What a piece of shit that film was. You did that one on the podcast too, Sean. <laughs> Number four, this is an impressive fat, a stat, excuse me. The film was in the top 10 for 13 consecutive weeks after its release. That's wow. four months and change. That's pretty goddamn good. That's impressive. Most movies aren't even in the theater that long. No, not at all. I mean, I think what Avengers was like, maybe two and change. I remember the first Bat, the Michael Keaton Batman was out like, it came out June 23rd. I know that. It was my sister's birthday. It's why I remember that. And it was out till after we came back to school in September. I feel like movies were in the theater longer back then. Because why? Not as many films coming out at once. It also took a lot longer for it to hit like cable or, you know, VHS. Oh, yeah. Well, VHS was always like a year. No, no, no. Six months. Cable's a year. Well, that okay, was the rule. Right, yeah. Right. It took forever now, to see the yeah. movies again. I mean, example, Joker just came out a month ago, and it was released in October. So the turnaround time's been a hell of a oh, lot yeah. quicker. Yeah, well, you know? they got to make that money as quick as possible. Whereas Russell Crowe is going to reopen theaters with some new movie. Uh, he wants to be the first movie in theaters. I forget the name of the title, but I heard they're going to like hand you a Blu-ray copy of it on your way out, basically, because they just need to make as much money as possible with it. Oh, good. It's like Russell Crowe's giving out his mixtape like in Times Square. <laughs> I will pass. I'd listen You're... to that. <laughs> what, his band? Was it Five Angry Feet of Grunt? <laughs> oh, that's right. He did have a band. Yes, Boom. What a goatee with the deep cut again. Got him good at this game. <laughs> Number five. I love playing this game. I want to make you guess, but there's no way in Christ hell you're going to guess this one. Bilbo Baggins originally slated for Sylvester McCoy. Who the fuck is that? One of the Doctor Who's. The one, one show I've never seen one episode of. Hmm. Me neither. But Uma Thurman originally slated to play the role of Liv Tyler. And here's one for you. Lucy Lawless to play the role of Galadriel. But why did both these women bag out in the film? Because they got Prego. Correct. Hmm. Babies ruin everything. <laughs> Lucy Lawless, huh? what a what a piece uh, she was back in the day as Xena. Uh, Uma Thurman, pretty hot too. Hey, you know what? No, no Uma Thurman. No one Uma Thurman. No, no one Lucy Lawless. She had something about her. Here's yeah, what I, 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 always I, felt, I always felt like she was like she beat me up. Like I always got this very dude feeling from her. She's not China from the WWF, buddy. There's a no, difference. No. <laughs> She's not like Herman Munstering the laugh with that one. But I could see Lucy Lawless being like, give me that jar, I'll open it. And be like, oh, thanks, honey. She fucking pegs you from behind and smashes yeah. your face in the headboard for once. Like that. 
Can I just say I'm on the I'm very much Cape Blanchett. Can we get a before we get into uh before Sean gets into his argument? Cape Blanchett, I am very much on the fence. I can't figure out hot or cute. I had an ex well, let's call her girlfriend in quotes, who looked like Cape Blanchett. And sometimes Cape Blanchett, you're like, God damn. Sometimes you're like, eh, eh, eh. I would say right? she's pretty. Yeah, but I think she has always been been pretty and kind of knows it right like yeah there's been no struggle in, in she's not life. like she's not sexy she's not hot right no. there, right there's no i want to fuck her like angelina jolie or angelina rajakowski or halle berry there's not that sexual pool but kate blanchett pulls off in a very like demure classical hollywood yeah. kind of hot right faking kate blanchett porn no What's that? <laughs> Nobody's deep faking Kate Blanchett porn. Well, guess who's uh, going to do that tomorrow? I, I, know what? This Wait a second. I bet you that's a thing now. I'm pretty sure that's probably a thing out there. Ain't that the truth? You know what? Some of you are right. That's, there's some little group in Reddit who's like, oh, Kate Blanchett. <laughs> if, listen, did, we come here, did Sean O'Connell come here to talk about deep faking Kate Blanchett porn? No, he did not. He came on to gut the, the sacred. The floor is yours, Sean O'Connor. Have at it as you will. I mean, um, part of the reason why I despise the Lord of the Rings as much as um, I do is for something that you just brought up, which is the fact that it was in theaters and on the charts for as long as it was. Like, it was one of those films that was so beloved by people as it was playing. And I didn't like it from the minute that I watched it. Like, it just felt interminable to me as I was sitting through it and, and, and everybody came out and was just like that's the greatest thing I've ever seen in my entire life and I was like no it's not and then like and that kept going for a really long period of time I want to just start off by saying that fantasy genre that fantasy genre is not necessarily my thing like I wouldn't get into watching that um, to the point where as much as everybody raved about Game of Thrones, it took me years to even start it because I just was like, I don't really care about this. Game of Thrones had, wasn't very fantasy, though. I have really? yet to, and I have yet to start Game of Thrones because I'm in the same boat as you, Sean. I'm just Game like of Thrones is Sopranos with swords. Really? Like all the good stuff about Game of Thrones has nothing to do with the sorcery or the magic or the Middle Age bullshit. Has to do with the intrigue and the backstabbing and the shitty the, people. The Everybody's a shitty person. Sure, but nobody said that, and the trailers sure don't sell that. They well, sell right. dragons and wizards yeah. and nonsense like that. So, um, I didn't care for the books. You know, it was one of those things where everybody kept saying to me when you're a teenager growing up, like you have to read Tolkien, and so I tried it, and it just was boring as hell. And this was a very, to, to Peter Jackson's credit, a very faithful adaptation of what I considered to be a really boring novel, and so. I it's a it's a extremely well made film. The production values are through the roof. When you said ninety three million dollar budget, that kind of blows my mind even back then because that seems very cheap um, for what they produced uh, on screen. The casting across the board is largely great. I mean, Ian McKellen is fantastic as whatever that wizard's name is. And um, oh, what? Here's the thing: you largely could show me a picture of a character in Lord of the Rings and put a gun to my kid's head and be like, identify this character or say goodbye. And I'd have to be like, we had a good run, kid. I don't know, <laughs> I don't know who that is. Um, I know the actor, but I, and I'm going to go to the names in a minute. But So I revisited it before we got onto this show because I hadn't seen it in years. And it's one of the movies where when I bring up that I don't like it, I get the reaction from that, that's, you know, 
similar to what you guys have given me. It's just like, how on earth can you not like Lord of the Rings? But I just don't think that it's good. And so when I rewatched it, we are 45 minutes into this three hour movie and we haven't left the fucking Shire. <laughs> We're still like, I'm like, when is something going to happen? Like the, the prologue that sets up the, the mythology of what this is, is about 20 minutes long. It's the story of the ring being narrated by someone. And I was like, start the fucking movie. Like my favorite movie of all time of all time is the first Die Hard movie. I think Love it's it. flawless. I think it's perfect from start to finish. The equivalent of, fellowship would be if John McClane took 45 minutes to get from the airport to <laughs> Nakatomi Plaza. Him and Argyle stopped in and out, went to a strip club, then went to and a you bar. And just watched them for 45 minutes. <laughs> You're like, what? hey, is he ever going to get to the to the tower, for God's sake? I can pile on that because in the books, from the time that Gandalf gives Frodo the ring and yes. says, hold on to this, and goes to do some research and comes back, in the movie, it feels like maybe it's a week, maybe two weeks. Yeah. In the books, it's 17 years. Oh, my God. Oh. <laughs> has the ring for oh. 17 years. <laughs> That's pretty funny. But obviously, in the book, it's 17 years of pages didn't pass. Yeah, sure. But that's, like, that's, how, that's how Tolkien passes time, like in decades. That's hilarious. Now, I really do believe that Peter Jackson loves the material. And I think that he made an adaptation that is that is for people who love the material. Because even when I complain about how long you spend at certain areas, they're like, right, but don't you just love like living in... I was like, no, no, I don't love living in that area or, you know, <laughs> absorbing the culture of the hobbits. I, I, I have zero interest in that. So, but then when they tell me that the, the extended editions are 30 minutes longer, you know, yeah. they're like, oh, you're not really getting the true vision unless yeah. you absorb the, it's, no, no. Uh, <laughs> something that feels as long as it is. So I'm going to, I'll go back to, like, it's a movie that I, I instantly forget as I'm watching it. You know, like by the time I get to the end of it, I can't tell you necessarily what happened. And so I really do try to do this with characters, right? Like Orlando Bloom, fine. I know that he's Legolas. Like that's pretty popular. Um, Sam and uh, Frodo, obviously really, really popular. And then who else? Um, uh, Viggo Mortensen. Like, I know Viggo Mortensen. What's his character's name? Aragorn? Yeah. Aragorn. Aragorn. Yeah. Aragorn. I, had Google, I had to Google that too, believe me. Cool. I, I think I can get through those. But then you have people like Gal- Galadriel, who is Kate Blanchett's character. But I don't even know if she's named. Is she actually, like, named in the movie? Or- I had to Google, had to Google that too. Yeah. Well, they, um, name they name her. They, okay, they do. Her name. But, they don't, but, they don't, but they don't refer to her by name very often. That's why I didn't oh, know. Okay. But the problem, the problem with a lot of the names, as you, as you wisely point out, is that Tolkien loved making crazy names, and he, he referenced, like, Nordic myths to pull names from. Right. And then written, if you're reading them, you identify them much better than when somebody just like, and you're like, what was that guy's, I didn't hear what he just said. So you get all these giant, it's not like it's John and Mike. These names that you've never heard anyway, mumbled at you once, and then you're supposed to know that, oh, that's Gimli. That's who that is. So let's take a movie that's a bona fide classic. Like, if you roll out the four Ghostbusters, like I'm telling you, oh, that's Bankman, that's that's Stance, you know, there's Egon. It was also written on their things. So and they should have tried and that. <laughs> and there's the black one, because no one remembered his name. Winston Zedmore. Hold up. It's Winston. Is yeah, Winston Zedmore, yeah. Thank you, thank you very much. Uh, uh, Kevin, I was waiting for you to jump on that one. That's your favorite I mean, film. I mean, I mean. Ernie Hudson. But 
there's then in Lord of the Rings, there's the short guy with the beard and the funny accent. You know, like I, just, I have no idea what's going on. I will say, in going back to revisit it to talk to you guys about it, I, I kind of more understood. I was like, all right, I, I get why people love this. You know, but if if I have to sit down and choose something that I'm going to watch, I would never ever choose any of the Lord of the Rings films because they're just they're very tedious to me. They take way too long to tell the story. It feels like it's an it's a ninety minute movie in a thirty in a three hour package. Um, because Peter Jackson just, he's very proud of what he built. And to a certain extent, he should be, you know, like it does for people who love that. It looks fantastic, but get, get through it, you know, get to it. And then, and then I, I, I give him extra shit because of this, you know, he goes around to do the Hobbit and he takes a, a minuscule book and blows it up into three films again. So maybe oh. I'm mad at him for all of that. I think that was a money thing. Oh, 100%. You think? Yes. I fucking, I fucking hated with a passion the Hobbit three films that he did. All of them. All, one of them I fell asleep in. No, and I don't fall asleep in films. Fell asleep in, I forgot which, I forgot which one. I couldn't tell you anything about any of them except Rendell the Dragon and that's it. Please, I will Venmo each of you a hundred bucks if you can, without Googling, tell me the three subtitles to the Hobbit movies. No, no. And that's, I mean, it's crazy to me that, that those movies, and I think Fellowship falls into this category, you know they exist, but you really, like, you just don't know a whole heck of a lot about them. And uh, so I don't understand why they are the, the classics that they're held up to be, but there is a fan base that, that adores them. I'm just, I'm not one of them, so. Yeah, there are people who think that 2001 A Space Odyssey is a good film. Sure. <laughs> I mean, it's classic. It's a classic. No, it's a classic it piece of shit. We just did that film not too long ago. 2001. We, we, it was a Pinto, but I wouldn't want to drive one. Yeah, that's, that's fair. That's fair. Any other notes? That's all I got. Um, okay. I'm, I'm going to reference uh, an Ebert quote because it's, I'm not pretentious enough. And he says, <laughs> no good movie is too long and no bad movie is short enough. And I feel the weight and the length of Lord of the Rings every single time I try to get into it, which isn't often, to be fair to the movies, because I just, I don't want to dip back into it. There's plenty of movies where people will be like, hey, man, give that another shot. You know, I think you missed it the first time through. Uh, maybe it'll connect to you. And sometimes that works. Sometimes I will go back and, and watch something and be like, ah, I was wrong the first time through. But every time I try to get into Lord of the Rings, despite the few things in it that are relatively cool, Viggo Mortensen's good in it. Uh, Orlando Bloom's good in it. You know, I... I think he's a pretty interesting character. And Gandalf's a, good, a really good character. Ian McKellen's fascinating in it, but it's just, it's too much. It's too much. I can't do it. Kevin Israel, your notes. Well, uh, I was a Dungeons and Dragons geek as a, as a high schooler, uh, middle schooler and high schooler. Um, I, I prolifically read fantasy novels. In fact, the only novels I haven't read happen to be Lord of the Rings. Read The Hobbit. I, I never read Lord of the Rings. Um, Why? Why? What's the reason? I, you know what? I just it, it just never came about. I don't know. There's no. There's really no specific explanation for it. By the time I got, by the time I was at a point in my head where I was like, I should read these. The movies came out, and I was like, I have a feeling these are so close to the books that I don't right. need to read them. Right. Right. Um, the uh, I was very excited about these movies. I haven't seen them recently, which kind of speaks to the type of movies they are. I remember walking out, think, walking out at the end, thinking they were like I just Lord of the, the the Fellowship of the Ring. I walked out thinking, wow, that was fantastic. When I sat down last night to watch this, 
I had all this stuff in my head and I was like, oh, you know, I'm looking forward to seeing this. I'm looking forward to seeing this, you know, whatever. And by the end of the movie today, I was like, all that shit happens in the next two movies. That's not even in this movie. All those awesome big battles yeah. are in the next two movies. They didn't even get to any of that shit in this movie. So this movie definitely suffers from his attempt to keep true to the source material. Mm-hmm. I think if, I think like a, like a re, like a, 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 re, a filmmaker who wasn't so tied to being true to Tolkien would have, would have framed these movies completely differently. Maybe started in one of the battles, had some, you know, narrative to the, to the past just to get you there and then move forward without right. having to go through the whole nonsense of the Shire that was kind of, kind of pointless. Um, there is a lot of stuff that always bothered me in the movies that I had to research to find out because you get the basic idea of the movies. There's this ring. It's powerful. This guy wants it. We need to destroy it. The Hobbit needs to take it and destroy it. But then there's a lot of questions like, why does the Hobbit have to do it? Why is this ring so powerful? What can this ring do? What is the power of this ring that's never made clear in the movies other than it makes you invisible? Right. At just a, at, at a first glance watching, you all you would know about the ring is it makes you invisible and it not even invisible to the bad guys. Just invisible to other people. Yeah, right. it, it puts a homing beacon on you too while you're invisible. Exactly. The big bad guy can now see you. Yeah. So I, yes. I, so I did research about that. Um, it's explained much better in the book. The person who wears the ring can control the other, all the other people with the rings. So all the leaders of all the races, he can control. Sauron uh, made all of the rings. And he tricked all the other races into having these rings. And then he made one to control them. He basically conned them all. And that is why this one ring is so powerful. Because you can control all the other races. And then it gives you other power. It expands your life. If you if you happen to be a wizard or something, it increases that power exponentially. So there's a lot of that that's just never explained. And if you're at all, if you think about movies at all as you watch them, that always just kind of frustrated me. Another thing that always bothered me that I had to research was, it turns out Gandalf isn't human. Gandalf is an Astari, which is a wizard, which is its own race of beings. They're basically like angels, and this is his physical form, which is why when he dies, he comes back. Because yeah, he can't kill me. He's immortal. Oh, that bothers me to no end when they're like, mm-hmm. right, but do you mean Gandalf the Gray or Gandalf? Right. Like, what this fucking more than the White? Gandalf? Right. And in the books, it's supposedly explained much better. So you get it that he's kind of, this is his new form. This is, you know, he's gone Super Saiyan. He's, he's now, you know, whatever. So there's, there's, there's just a lot that they, that they were basically, they went through and looked at the books and, and said, movie audiences aren't going to care about this shit. And they're not going to understand it. And we're already throwing way too much shit at them. So let's just take it out. But as a, as a, as a fantasy geek, there was a stuff that always felt lacking to me. Um, it also super bothered me that the two main bad guys were Sauron and Saruman. Who the fuck would ever name two bad guys in the same movie? One letter off in the name. That's insanity. That would be like naming, like having two people like, that would be like having a podcast with two guys named Kevin. Nobody does that. <laughs> no one should do that. 
No. Mike and Ike? I mean, like, the same thing. Fuck out of here, that horse shit. You know, your comment about uh, how you watch Fellowship and then you were like, oh, sh- the good stuff doesn't happen until later, is a critique that one of my really close friends says about um, when people come to him with a great television rec- a show recommendation and they're like, you just have to get through the first three seasons and then it starts to really kick in and get great. Uh, nope. And he's like, no, I would <laughs> like a show to be good from the beginning. <laughs> and how I feel about Fellowship. Yeah, Breaking Bad took one or two episodes to get kickstarted in my book and after that it was <laughs> A fucking stratospheric ride for me. That's yeah. exactly right. right. Exactly right. So this. So in look in the end, to me, this movie had a couple of really good scenes, really cool moments that were strung together by these long, long, long narratives and getting to the point. George R. R. Martin suffers from the same problem with his books, translating them to the show. But what he did very smartly was where you had to have ex- exposition. He worked in nudity. And that's why there's <laughs> in Game of Thrones. There was an entire scene where the one character in Game of Thrones who happened to be, be the head of a brothel was choreographing these two women how to have sex with each other. And he was explaining to them the, the history of the main family in this, in this show. And you watch it and you don't even realize you're learning. Like, it's brilliant. Like, this is how they should teach children. Like, there you're watching <laughs> these two girls go down on each other and he's yeah. talking about geopolitics and you're like, all right, yeah, no, I get it. I get Wait, it. There's also a huge difference between having Peter Dinklage, who's a genius actor, and Sean Astin, who was in the Goonies. <laughs> he just, I, and I love him in Goonies. He's not good in Lord of the Rings. Like, he's constantly overdoing it in all yeah. of these scenes that he's in as Sam. And so yeah, he was, tell me that they love him. Wait, wait, back, back to this, back to this two women thing. Oh, I tell yeah, you sorry, what, sorry. you want to break out? I tell you what, you you get two chicks scissoring. I'll learn all about the Louisiana Purchase so the cows come home. <laughs> See, there See? you go. You're just Trigonometry, the, let's go. We just fix the education system in America. Um, <laughs> so, so I guess my 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 end note is that I remembered this movie much more fondly than I felt watching it. Uh, and a lot of it was because of the subsequent two movies, which also have, have their issues basically the same as this movie. But at least they had these huge set piece battles that were, that were awesome. And they were on such a massive scale and you really got that epic feel. This, you just, it was, it was them running and well, and there was a couple cool battles in the, in the caves. Um, and at the end, it was, it was all right when they started fighting the orc, orc high. Um, but it, it drags. It did, it did really, really drag. And as Kevin was saying in the beginning, the remote test, I've never flipped past Lord of the Rings and said, Oh, this is, this is a great scene. I got to watch this. It's, it's a movie that it's a beautifully filmed movie. It's, it's a, it's definitely a masterpiece visually. And at the time, the special effects and they still held up pretty good. Um, mm. but the, uh, overall it, it definitely dragged and, and I was holding on to the to like the geek Kevin sitting in my friend's basement playing Dungeons and Dragons with the characters who they named. Like we had a wizard in our party named Gandalf, and I didn't even know at the time that he, my friend, was just unoriginal and took it from the book. <laughs> uh, was that his AOL chat room name too? Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> Gandalf sixty nine. Um, Gandalf the Gray Pubes. Yeah. <laughs> Hang out in fifties chat rooms and shit. <laughs> But they, uh, Kate Blanchett Reddit thread. Yeah. That's great. <laughs> Gotta get me some Kate Blanchett porn. Um, there, oh, you know what? There, there were a couple of specific notes I made. Um, so the, the main battle that started this all off was 2,500 years 
before the 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 occurrences in the movie. It, they didn't have a single technological advance in 2,500 years. That is <laughs> fucking bananas. They have not invented one thing. Right. Not a fucking bicycle. Not a, they don't even have like the telephone that you hold to your ear and speak in the world. They don't have anything. These are the dumbest people alive. Bicycles. We're going to get a, on a bicycle and joust somebody. <laughs> I come up with fucking something. Listen, something else besides living in dirt. It's ridiculous. Shoes oh. that fit the hobbits. I'll take shoes. <laughs> yeah. Please. Exactly. And, by the, and I think Kevin and I talked about this before. I hate feet. I'm horrified by feet. And there is so much barefoot action in this movie. And I don't care that it's prosthetic bare feet. Just seeing people walk around barefoot with dirty feet. I was just like, oh, just, you couldn't just make flip flops. Like there were no Hobbit flip flops. Just come up with something. When the old when and the, when they were having this celebration in the Shire, and the woman was sitting there doing whatever, and her feet with her hairy feet were sticking, I go, "Yuck! Not yeah. needed." No, yeah. that was a note from uh, Quentin Tarantino. He said, "That's yeah." Right. <laughs> By the way. That's a race of people that would have died off because nobody wanted to fuck each other. By the way, Sean, I liked Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, but it's in the theater when, uh, and, and I saw it. In the th- I, I love Tarantino. I see all his films in the theater. And the scene where the where the one chick, the Manson chick, puts her feet up on oh, the dashboard yeah, in the yeah, windshield. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, well, that's where my dad would yell, get your goddamn feet off my car. Yeah, it's yeah. the feet alone, but here we go. Tarantino's feet thing, you called it. God, yeah, I, like, I, I if you want me to blow you, I would have been like, no, I want you to take your fucking dirty feet off my car. <laughs> you chill, <laughs> mate. The man has a fetish, and he is not going to make a lot more movies, so he's, he's just going to get as many One, one more, one more, it. and that's yeah. it. Well, I'll sit there with, with dirty hobbit feet. Give me, a, give me a score, one to ten. Five and a half. Sounds like I'm winning. Sounds like I'm winning. Notes. <clears throat> First and foremost, this film is more homoerotic than guys playing volleyball wearing jeans and Top Gun. <laughs> that is... <laughs> that's a pretty game. We're just traveling together, Kevin. Oh my god! We're just traveling together. Next note: the Shire is fucking boring. Oh, it's the worst. Oh, move, do something else. And, and uh, the internet. Oh god! You get a bicycle. Design a bicycle. Leonardo <laughs> da Vinci did it. <laughs> and I think you guys will join with me on this journey. You can easily interchange Elijah Wood and Tobey Maguire in every damn near film there is. And I think Elijah Wood would have done a better job dancing during Spider-Man 3 during the emo stage. <laughs> I would agree with that. You know what's funny, though? I always confuse Elijah Wood and Daniel Radcliffe. I always put, That's fair. That's I always fair. trade their faces on and on. That's like that's like the the holy trinity right there. Those three, those guy can have like a devil's triangle with one chick and think she's just fucked one, but three of them get in there. He's a guy who also um, is beloved by the film community, even though he doesn't really have a lot of time. Like, if I demanded you name five Elijah Wood films and you can't use the Lord of the Rings movies, the good the good son, Sin Sin City two. Oh, Sin City. He was good in Sin City. Yeah, he was good in Sin City. And come on, wasn't he in Lucky Number Eleven? I might be wrong on that. That was a great movie. I like I like that one a lot. I can't think of anything else though. But that's <laughs> I thought I'd give it the old college strike. Ah, maybe I can get five out. Lucky nope. Number Eleven. I swear to God, I've not heard that title since that movie was in theaters yeah. for a week. Yeah, I and I saw it in the theater the week that it was out, and I enjoyed Good it. Lord. Next one, everyone stares at that ring like I stare at Emily Rajakowski's naked body. 
<laughs> mouth agape, uh, head cocked to the side for a good 30 seconds. That's how he stared at Emily Redjikowski. Uh, she's still a smoke show despite her stupidity. 45, sorry, next one. How did the wraiths get to the village where Frodo had the ring, put it on, but they couldn't find him outside the fucking window? Yeah. There are some bad villains. 45 minutes in, I yell, just fuck already. <laughs> Gandalf and Frodo? No, no, no. Frodo and his Frodo and his buddies. They are just fruiting around and just there's Sam so much wise? sexual tension. <laughs> all the all of them, Pippin, all those guys frolicking around. There's there are tones there. There are overtones. It's just like, come on, that's that's who are we kidding? An hour hundred percent hobbit porn out there. Oh yeah. Oh, has to be. An hour and twenty six and I yell, who gives a fuck? Here's my, what's happening at an hour and 26? No, that's the problem. <laughs> that's the problem. Go, who gives a fuck? Next one. Why didn't Agent Smith chase down the guy who caught the ring off of what's his face when he cut his fingers off? Yeah. Who had the ring. They go to the fucking, you know, the fire pit. He didn't throw it in the fire. Why didn't Agent Smith run behind him and put a sword in his back and then take the ring and throw it in the fucking pit of Mordor? We could have saved ourselves eight and a half hours of films, couldn't we? (laughs) Yep. Thank you. The hobbits are worse than penile cancer. I fucking said it. That's right. They annoy the shit out of me, those guys. It's pretty bad. The CGI is bad. When they jump on monsters or they're running through like the, the, not the, the, not the, the caves, I guess, or whatever. Anytime you see them running from afar with the long shot, bad CGI. And when they jump on a monster, it's very bad. Yeah. I thought the I thought the cave troll in the in the, uh, the 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 tomb or where the dwarven kingdom I thought he, that was done pretty well. That was good, but again, when they jump on them, when, when like yeah. the actors jump on them, that that thing is is yeah. It's actually kind of re- remarkable that the effects in the Hobbit were worse. Like like it's like they got cheaper and and looked more horrible as it went. I would probably agree with you if I devoted one megabyte of space in my brain for the Hobbit trilogy but I'm not going to, Sean, so there. Smart. Very smart, Kevin. You think Frodo might have taken a few defensive combat classes once in a while instead of do puppetry of the penis with his mates. (laughs) Puppetry of the penis. That's a good pull, thank you. (laughs) There was that one one scene where uh, Sean Bean's character, whose name I can't remember, is showing... That's a problem. Yeah, Bormley is showing Pippin how to use a sword. But and not, like, not get by, the, by the by the birds, and I and I saw that, and I was like, "This is to justify how they can fight a little bit at some point." I agree. I also what? can't hear the name Boromir without thinking of uh, Borat Madison line, where he's in class and he says, "Chlorophyll, chlorophyll, more like Borophyll. <laughs> more like Borophyll. <laughs> <laughs> by the way, how dare we? We we were robbed of a young and a very very attractive Brigitte. Bridget Wilson, who went yeah. off and had to marry Pete Sampras, who ironically actually lived three doors down from my uncle down in Tampa. When she when he married her, he's like, ah, I don't have to do any more acting, do I? Mortal Kombat, Billy Madison, call me done. She's out. <laughs> Last <laughs> note, I am insanely ambivalent about this film. I, unlike Kevin, did not give a fuck about Dungeons and Dragons and shit like that because I had a thing called baseball to keep me occupied. But I, I just I, – I, when this came out, I said, hey, let's give it a shot. Let's give it a go. I saw it in the theater. I liked it. Did I walk out going, oh, my God. I did buy the DVD, and which was what I watched it on last night. 
it can be good at times, but Jesus H fucking Christ, this drags. It drags. It is capital punishment dragging you behind a car to your skin falls off your bones drags. Six out of ten is the number. That's why I shook my head at you, Kevin. Oh, wow. Wow, you went higher than me. Yeah. The funny part about you saying how much it drags and how much we've all said it drags, there's the scene where they leave um, the Elven Kingdom to start the Fellowship of the Ring adventure, and you see them running. And I was like, why didn't they take any of those fucking horses they had? They had all of those horses. Why are they running across the countryside? They're, They're regressing as a people. Like, it's bad enough you spent... Two and a half millennium not advancing. Now you're not even going to take the fucking horses you came in on? And you're just going to run? And Hugo Weaving's barking on orders like, calm down, Red Skull. What are you doing to this fight? You're not doing a goddamn thing. You shut the fuck up. I think we got this figured out from here. Also, go ahead. I'm sorry. It brings me back to a a, a storytelling cliche that when it happens, I always roll my eyes, and Fellowship uses it almost immediately, which is when a character gets sick. Like, they're barely out of the Shire, and they get attacked, like, once, and then Frodo's sick, and they have to carry him. And whenever a main character gets sick, it just drags everything to a halt. Because you have to be like, all right, now we have to wait until they get some way to cure him so that we can actually move on. And it's always a lazy thing that's implemented into a film, and it happens, like, immediately in this movie. And I think he's sick in every movie. Well, and well, I remember. I don't remember much about the other ones except the second one. I remember them walking, 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 walk for four fucking hours. And I remember the third one because this is a badass part, scene. Is where the spider bites him. Spider, and, yeah, yeah. And he, and he wraps him up in the web. That's pretty fucking cool. Right. But with this, not only does he get sick, he gets stabbed twice, twice. <laughs> if it wasn't for the armor, in the second one, he would have died. The first one, they fix him up, patch him up, fine. But he is such a goddamn liability. Why give the ring to the guy who can't do shit? And that, you know what? And, and that's a, it's a, it's a very good point. And that was actually something else that always bothered me that I looked up. And they kind of explained it, but basically, it's because the hobbits are supposed to be such simple, innocent creatures that they can't be twisted by the ring. And that's why Gollum was able to have it for so long and he didn't become a wraith. If, you, if, you have, if you're a human and you have the ring for too long, you become one of those wraiths. That doesn't happen to the, to the hobbits because they're innocent and pure-hearted. And Gollum just ended up kind of going crazy. So that's why they decide that he's got to be the one to take it. Because anybody else, and you see it with Boromir and everybody else who kind of gets near it, will just put it on and fucking be an asshole. And they say, we have to have him take it. And I don't think they translated that well no, enough. No, they did not. And that's a really big deal because, yeah, why? You have all you have these, these elven archers and these warriors and this dwarf with an axe, and you have this fucking midget with hairy feet, and he's the one that's got it. Like, explain that a little bit. Spend right. a little less time on the stupid party in the Shire and give me a little exposition on why this guy's got to be the one. Yeah, why is George McFly in the first half of the Back to the Future getting the ring? Not the second <laughs> half, George McFly. When you hey, you, give it to, get your damn hands off that ring. Give it to Marty, for God's sakes. He has yeah. a DeLorean. Give it, to, give it to Lorraine, for Christ's sakes. Anyone but George. <laughs> um, I'm looking at the IMDb uh, top 250 films of all time. Now, this is, this is ranked by users, right? So it doesn't have a lot of credibility to it. But I want to just point out that there are two... Lord of the Rings films in the top 10 uh, of all time, according to IMDb. Uh, Return of the King is at seven and oh, Fe- Fellowship of the Ring is at, is at 10. Oh. So uh, there's a huge fan base out there. I want to mention, so I'll go really quickly. 
Fellowship is 10. The Good, the Bad, and the Ugly is 9. Pulp Fiction is 8. Return of the King is 7. Schindler's List is 6. 12 uh, Angry Men is 5. The Dark Knight is 4. All right. <laughs> Godfather Part 2 and Godfather are 3 and 2. And The Shawshank Redemption is number 1. Let's go to Critics 5 Star Reviews. Five star reviews. Five star reviews by critics. Masterfully paced, the movie builds slowly, introducing the mythology, habitats, and lifestyles of Tolkien's creatures. Not to be confused with Principal Strickland, James Tolkien, by the way. And from Top Gun. Two films we have just done in the last week that's about to air. An enthusiastic visionary set loose on one of the biggest playgrounds ever constructed. Jackson brings more personality to the series' first installment, The Fellowship of the Ring, that typically seeps into a franchise of this magnitude. I have no serious criticisms. The film does justice to Tolkien, who has often, and erroneously, been escaped, been, excuse me, been accused of escapism. In the last one, The Fellowship of the Ring is a movie masterpiece, thrilling, passionate, and wise. Beautifully paced. That's that's being said by a guy in a coma. <laughs> this really moved along good for me. This yeah. is somebody. This is someone who's not want to go home to his wife and kids. <laughs> Four and a half hours, no sweat. Let's go. Escapism. Those books were homework completely to the point where there was a map you had to keep referencing to realize where the characters might be in the story. This is where critics try and out try and seem smarter than what they are and use big twenty five cent words and terms that don't apply to the the words they're using. Critics one star reviews. Critics one star reviews. Critics one star reviews. <laughs> Oodles of technical talent are no substitute for plain old inspiration. Jackson has been working on the Rings project for years, and somewhere along the way, his reverence for Tolkien appears to have intimidated his imagination. Yeah. Yeah. It is imaginative, fierce, even thrilling in spots. Nevertheless, as the curtain comes down, the the credits should read, game over, not the end. Everyone on screen is exercised, is... I'm reading this right. Everyone on screen is all exercised about Frodo's mission, but after three hours, it's hard to see why anyone in the audience should be. The Fellowship of the Ring resembles from certain angles nothing so much as a 178-minute electric mandolin solo. (laughs) That's pretty good. That's a very specific analogy. And my favorite one-star review from critics, endless close-ups of Wood's icy eyes and repeated zooms on the golden ring fails to draw us in what's supposed to be a riveting quest written by Sean O'Connell. I found you on Rotten Tomatoes. I wrote one? That's amazing. I don't even remember writing. I never look at names critics and I go, what the fuck am I? We've got ourselves someone who has been cited on Rotten Tomatoes. Wait a minute. And I'm staying with the, uh, like, I'm not betraying myself. I hated it then, and I I hate it now. Amazon five-star reviews. Amazon five-star reviews. It's time for Amazon five-star reviews, five-star reviews. Found it so fascinating, I couldn't take my eyes off of it. Personally, I loathe movies that go past the 120-minute mark because I find them obnoxiously long for absolutely no reason but to be long. 
The Fellowship of the Ring was long, but for good reason, and I fell in love with the world. Oh, if I could buy the world a Coke. It was long for good reason, like my dick. hey This movie is a good start for a nine-hour marathon day to watch your favorite little man go on a long hike to return some jewelry to its rightful owner. (laughs) He just made this about a return policy, by the way. (laughs) My girlfriend never seen any of these movies. I got the others for free and rented this one. She was on the edge the entire movie. Never fell asleep, so I gave it five stars. Smiley face emoji. He's He's not dating anyone, by the way. By the way, was his whole review based on his girlfriend's reaction to the movie? Yeah. He's also not dating him, and he's also not attending his community college classes his parents are attending because his English language stinks. He gave it five stars because his girlfriend didn't fall asleep during it. Like That's the, that's the low bar that he set. I, I wish he would have wrote, my girlfriend didn't fall asleep, and I got laid after watching this piece yeah. of shit five stars. And like she gave me a dry handy at the end, so it was worth it. Peter Jackson was on the set of Return of the King saying, like, is the girlfriend going to fall asleep now, guys? Come on. Let's put our, put our work in. Pace it up. Pace it up. <laughs> Spit in your hand before you give him the dry handy. <laughs> Last one. But it, is also, but it is only later that the true test of the film begins. It endures at a discussion over a late, parentheses, very late, luncheon at Chili's. All aspects are explored, from the hideousness of the orcs to the angelic tendencies of the elves, even a character's intentional sacrifice for another the ring is deeply studied from every aspect. Its character even more powerfully drawing than the Frodo, that of Frodo or Gandalf. All are in agreement that the film is a masterpiece. As we gather up, gather up our things and bid farewell, we leave with only one thought in mind. Tolkien would have approved. Oh, God. After having a kiss like Christmas candles? <laughs> After having a fucking old-timer classic at Chili's with 10 buffalo wings, we decided <laughs> that this film was top-notch, top-notch. <laughs> And now our favorite section, Sean O'Connell, the Amazon One Star Reviews. <laughs> Amazon One Star Reviews. Amazon One Star Reviews. Amazon One Star Reviews now. Amazon One Star Reviews. Amazon One Star Reviews. Amazon One Star Reviews now. Three words. X bought this. <laughs> <laughs> Don't even have to write a joke in there. <laughs> you could make you could write a whole movie off of that review. <laughs> he should have X bought this. Hunt. It's like that's like a film school like exercise. Yeah. Just words. Write a story. I want you. I want you to do an exercise in minimalism. Go. <laughs> a plus, pal. A plus. <laughs> this movie seemed promising for maybe the first half. Then it was boring. Boring, boring, boring. And, <laughs> and finally ended with little or no resolution. I understand there are two other movies, but seriously, after this one, no way. Also helpful dating hint, not a chick flick. <laughs> That's by the way, if it's anything, it starts off boring, gets a little better, gets boring, gets a little better, boring, boring, boring. <laughs> This film should not be rated PG-13. It should be rated NP, no pussy. (laughs) Next review. This movie was the worst. I love Harry Potter, Star Wars, etc. But this movie I just couldn't get into. I bought the digital copy to watch while flying to Seattle. If I had a parachute, I would have jumped out an emergency exit to get away from this. Hey-oh! You know, I I love when people compare this trilogy to the Star Wars trilogy. And I will quote a, uh, a John Mulaney bit. 
You he, love he, him. He, I do love John Mulaney. He talks about uh, he's doing. He talks about um, how people say they like they like movies like Scarface and Godfather. And he's like, yeah, that's like saying I like food like filet mignon and skittles. <laughs> <laughs> also really love the fact that that review added uh just enough personal detail to you know the to, it, it's important that we knew he was flying to seattle uh you know it's relevant to his tastes and the types of films that he enjoys the in-flight meal was also dog shit right <laughs> like, it's like if i sat down to write the review of fellowship and i was like uh went through my drawers and picked out you know a shirt i hadn't worn in a while and <laughs> I sat in seat 24F, which was close to the right. to, close to the bathroom, so I caught a whiff of everyone's airport shit that they couldn't get out in Terminal C of Newark Airport. Newark, of all places. Well, that's where we were close by. <laughs> and it's home especially for... No, okay, you get the idea. Disappointing, disappointingly, a B-grade movie. Couldn't finish, couldn't even finish watching it. Bad acting, artificial lighting, list goes on. Really expected so much more. Bad acting? I can't. I'm not going to co-sign on that one. It's not a B-grade movie. No, not it's, at all. You can, you can you can say bad shit about it, but the movie was clearly <laughs> artificial lighting. That's yeah. a very distinct critique to, to level at it. <laughs> what are you at a local 114? Jesus Christ! Are you that? I love when dumb dumbs try and use technical terms that they've heard, and they go right. and they try to apply it in Amazon reviews because you know that's where all the top magazines and blogs search for writers for them to employ. Right. The color saturation really just didn't do it for me. <laughs> the, the chromatics were dog shit. <laughs> Who was it? Chose the wrong frame ratio for this. <laughs> Who is the key grip and best boy? They should be fired immediately. <laughs> Next one. Don't like it. Didn't watch but the first fifteen minutes. Yeah, that's fair. That's that's you should definitely file a review. Interview. Sean, we just did Philadelphia, as I said, and one guy wrote, turned it off after five minutes ago. Five minutes was the goddamn opening of the Bruce Springsteen music video for that fucking movie. (laughs) You don't like Bruce Springsteen. Listen, I hate Bruce Springsteen, but at least I decided to give the film part a shot. Right, right. Last and final review. I die a little inside, goatee. (laughs) Bruce, you know, my daddy always said, never kiss a man who's got allegiance on his chest. Here's a song called Streets of Philadelphia. <laughs> Two, three, four. <laughs> Fuck you. And last and final, and my always favorite review, the last one's ready. Ick. Okay. Yes. I can't disagree. You, you couldn't make a writing assignment out of that. No. I'm going to need he, a little more. <laughs> is he describing what, is, what diseases fish have? The ick? <laughs> it takes longer to log into I Amazon. Fish I get it. Than it did to... So did I. Type out that review. <laughs> oh, Kevin Israel, I now turn to you. Did Sean O'Connell gut the sacred cow? You know, listen. <laughs> this, movie, this movie has a lot of flaws, but it is a a giant movie that had left a huge footprint. Uh, it it definitely had an impact on how movies were made. He makes a lot of great points. I agree with a lot of them. I was not overwhelmed watching this and i wasn't even really looking forward to watching it it yeah, says yeah. a lot but i don't think he took down this cow this is a this was a this is a monster this is a monster you definitely you definitely put a hurting on it but it's this is this is a this just this is bigger than the three of us i feel like you're letting the other two sequels boost <laughs> the impact of fellowship but 
I'll, I'll let the jury decide. I feel as well that this cow is not properly gutted. I think oh, I think you've offended its general nature. I think you've definitely giving it some nice bleeding. Uh, maybe they have to get, have some nerve damage done. But with that, with rehab uh, and physical therapy, they might be able to regain use of three out of five fingers on that arm. Get some milk out of this cow. There's still... Yeah, it's gonna, it's gonna, it's gonna, it's gonna have a slight limp, like verbal kinted in, in usual suspects, but I, it's not dead. It's not. He was dead. faking it. He was faking that. it. That's why I said the first three films. <laughs> <laughs> well, I didn't realize but I, that you were both uh, related to Peter Jackson. <laughs> I know that I before it, coming on the show. I, I wish I had some Peter Jackson family money. <laughs> I gave him a six. I didn't give him a nine, Sean. Let's not be crazy here. It's good. It's not. It's not drop your pants and drop you know drop your cocks and grab your socks. Great. It's it's ready, Kevin. It's fine. It, yeah, it was. It's it, fine. It was. It was fine. It was. It was maybe even fine. But <laughs> will, will I watch this again in the very near future? I will not. Will it stay crammed in the L section of my DVDs and not be removed for quite some time? It will. But do I hate this film? No. I'll tell you what I I keep every like at least once a year I'm like you know what I should read the Lord of the Rings series I've read so much fantasy novels so many and massive series I should read it and then I watched this and I was like no nah, I don't, I don't <laughs> <laughs> but yeah no one no one's rewatching this except I, well as you said before Sean people may cheat to the other films if that final battle scene with the ghosts and on the ship and Return of the King is on I'm fucking right there buddy I'm not moving but this film if this is on cable. Nope. You know what this? You know what is good to watch though, and wasn't a great movie. Clerks two. Well, not a great movie. The scene where the where the Star where he gets into the argument about the Star Wars. Star Wars versus Lord, Lord, Lord of the Rings. Fucking oh, amazing. That scene is fantastic. <laughs> Tell me the name of the actor who played Pippin in the in Lord of the Rings. Can I quote The Rock? It doesn't matter what. Come his on! Name is. If it's a sacred cow, you know it. You should be able to say it. I, I like Hans Gruber. I'm upset Sean is that again about Oh, what did you say that again about Hans Gruber? Who played Hans Gruber? Alan Rickman. Thank you, because it's a classic movie, and you know it. Listen, there are a million. I love The Matrix, but I couldn't tell you the name of who played the fucking uh, the Oracle. Was that Lawrence Fishburne? No, that was Morpheus. <laughs> the, or, the Oracle actually changed characters. I know, because she died. The, the one who realized died after the first one. And that's a, these, a different <laughs> I'm not even sure if I remember what Trinity's real name is. Carrie Ann Moss. Thank you. Sure. Who also was a memento. Yep. Yeah, she was. Yes. Sean O'Connell, again, tell us about Cineblend and uh, shout out where else we can find you. Well, don't bother because it, I lost. So. <laughs> don't, feel, don't feel bad. At not least worth going to. I would say, stuff. Kevin, what's the batting average of people who can gut the sacred cow on this show with the current rules? Would you say 30, 33%, a third of the people? I was going to say 25%. Yeah. Oh, all right. All right. I yeah. feel better. Then I feel better. Uh, go to cinemablend.com. Check us out on uh, the daily and and read all the stuff we're putting up there. I'm on um, Twitter at Sean underscore O'Connell. There is a mixed martial artist who is very popular and has my name. Yeah, there is. <laughs> and took a, took a lot of uh, social media pull away from me. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm out there. You can find me. So, I will also say that. I look, I've looked at your Twitter bio right now, as I did before, and you and Kevin Israel are about to tongue kiss. Kevin, do you know that Sean has written a book called Release the Snyder Cut? Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. Yes, I did. Well, I I'm ri- writing. I'm just about to. We could do a whole nother, we could do a whole nother episode on. Good. Uh, let's, let's see another hour and a half of a film that completely sucked dick. Fantastic idea. 
Yeah, yeah. no, thank you. Sean O'Connell, you're a peach, you're a gem. You did not get the sacred cow, but you've been a hell of a guest, and we appreciate you having the balls to come take on a nerd favorite of Lord of the Rings. Thank you, boys. Thanks for having us. Yeah, this was great. I enjoyed it. Thank you. Thank you so much. We will talk to you guys soon. Take care. Peace. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.